Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Alright, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are talking about Sean Baker's Red Rocket, starring Simon Rex, of all people. Um, This is a wild one, guys, and I am really excited to talk about it. Joining me is Jay Ledbetter from the In Session Film Podcast. It's been a while since he's been on the show, uh, which is something we will talk about in our conversation. But, uh... We have a great talk coming up, lots of really good puzzle pieces, and uh, this film is out now in limited release. Uh, hopefully there's a bunch of ways for you guys to see it. I will be resharing it when it's in a wider release, uh, but definitely check it out. It is a great movie, and uh, I had a lot of fun with it. So... Before we get to the conversation, I do want to remind you, as always, to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice, uh, because we've got a lot of episodes coming your way. I am, uh, i got to admit, driving myself a little nuts uh, trying to record all this (laughs) before Christmas and uh, the holidays and New Year's and all that. Uh, I'm I'm driving myself into the ground, guys, but I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm covering all these movies, and we got our year-end coverage and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I'll make it through, guys. I'll make it through, I promise. But uh, make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts. That way you'll get all those new episodes when they come out. And if you like what we do here on the show, make sure you rate and review us. Five stars would be awesome. Don't forget about our Patreon, the Produced by David Rosen Patreon, that combines content from Piecing It Together, Awesome Movie Year, and from my music career. And uh, last but not least, if you like the show, get in touch because I'd love to maybe have you on a future episode. So, uh, you know, if you're out there and you're thinking, I could uh, I could come up with some puzzle pieces for that new Spider-Man movie. Not that one because uh, it's already, you know, we already have an episode scheduled. But maybe the next Spider-Man movie. Um, get in touch with me, you know, or some other movie. So, yeah, I love hearing from people. So definitely get in touch with me. You could also do that in our Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces Facebook group where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show. So let's get into our conversation about Red Rocket. <laughs> All right, we have got Jay Ledbetter here today to talk about a crazy movie, Red Rocket. Jay, how's it going? It is going well. I can't believe we were talking before. Uh, last time I was on the show was Knives Out. Are you kidding me? I that, know. I don't even remember when that movie came out. It was so long ago. So Yeah, long the world has changed. Here. Yes, <laughs> actually. Yes, a lot <laughs> has changed since then. But um, I'm yeah. excited to talk about this movie, a movie that I... I will be honest, was not really looking forward to seeing. So we'll, mm. we'll kind of talk about that, I'm sure, as we go along. But yeah. definitely an interesting one. Definitely okay. an interesting one. Yeah, we will definitely have to get into that along the way. Uh, I was I was mixed going into it. I mean, when that first trailer came out, I was, I was on board. Uh, but when I first heard simon rex of all people is yeah. going to be starring in the new sean baker movie i was like wait a minute what is what is happening here exactly but uh i i love the florida project and i i actually am i i got to admit at the top of the episode that's the only movie of his i've seen i've been trying mm-hmm. to get around to watching tangerine i was going to try to watch it before this and i just never got a chance to and then i know he had a few movies before that but um yeah i only know the florida project and i love that movie uh 
throwing it out there right now i love this movie um mm -hmm. so i'm definitely looking forward to going back to some of those but certainly hearing that simon rex was uh the the lead yeah. and really gonna be the entire center of the entire film it was like wow okay this is interesting yeah the only thing i i mean i he had like a rap career or something like a flash <laughs> in the pan kind of thing sure like a novelty rap career and then yeah i mean i i knew him from scary movie the scary movie right movies. that was kind of the extent of my uh, Simon Rex experience. So I was like, it's one of those classic, ooh, this guy, he's coming back. Might he get an award for a, an, an Academy Award? You know, because like auteur director and a kind of washed up actor. Let's see how this could go. And right. Yeah. Don't think just kind of because of the content of the movie, probably not going to get any major awards play, I wouldn't think. But yeah. definitely a performance to remember, no doubt about that. And oh, I, for sure. I'm with you, actually. The only Sean Baker film I had seen was The Florida Project, and I thought it was okay. Um, okay. So I was, I was kind of like, eh, you know, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm a Sean Baker guy. This movie mm -hmm. is very different, in my opinion, than The oh, Florida yeah. Project, and we'll talk about that with kind of the influences that he's drawing from as we go through. Uh, are puzzle pieces, but I liked this one considerably more than the Florida Project. So uh, okay. I was yeah, really into fair it. Enough. I was I was surprised, and now I'm looking forward to whatever Sean Baker does next. So good job, yeah. Sean. Yeah, there you go. Um, we might as well just start jumping into some of those pieces because I got a bunch of them here, and uh, I'm sure you got some good stuff over there. So why don't we get to our first piece here? What do you have uh, for your first one? Yeah. So when you invited me to be on the show, the, you you said. Hey, I saw your letterbox review and I like your comparison. Do you want to be on this show? And I was like, yes. yeah, sure. Uh, and that comparison, well, it's it's kind of going to turn into a two-pronged one because you kind of go down the family tree of of this show and you get to another show. But my letterbox review was just saying this is basically it's always sunny on the Gulf Coast. Um, yeah, sure. And the reason I made that comparison was because this film is just full of mostly despicable people doing despicable things. And the worst. It is not afraid <laughs> to just indulge in absolute debauchery and meanness and contempt. And mm -hmm. this, this is certainly that to a T. And I've actually been doing a rewatch of Always Sunny right now. And mm -hmm. I, that might have been because I watched this movie. And I was like, man, I, I need to rewatch Always Sunny. But nice. uh, an amazing show. And I think definitely there's more of a palette for characters like that. As much as you see the horrible um, discourse online about like, oh, well, this character wasn't likable. And I don't think that they did things that align with my values. And I'm like, well, that's not what movies and TV shows are for. So shut up. Oh, yeah. Go watch It's Always Sunny. <laughs> and um, it's just a, a movie that is willing to be mean, or at least willing yeah. to have mean characters as the main characters. And kind of spinning off of that, it's hard to talk about Always Sunny without talking about Curb Your Enthusiasm. So sure. just sort of by like the, the trickle-down meanness of contemporary television, you, ha you have to call out Always Sunny and curb your enthusiasm so they, they definitely reminded me of that for sure yeah absolutely absolutely and yeah it's such a great comparison and i would say yeah curb and seinfeld and you know everything that larry david mm -hmm. has brought to uh television uh but i think especially it's always sunny in philadelphia i mean that show and this movie are both it feels like they are trying to see how far they could take yeah. you down that hole of just despicable awfulness. And are are you going to follow them along? Because I can see, especially today, and the way that people seem to be needing things to line up with their values, and yeah. I, I don't get that. And we're going to have some really interesting conversations going forward. I mean, I know you're very uh, on Twitter a lot, and you see everything going on with Licorice Pizza right now, which yeah. is next week's episode. I'm piecing it together. Luckily, uh, we we actually recorded that episode before we even knew people were upset about that. <laughs> so that doesn't even Good. come into the conversation. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a it's a weird time right now. Let's just say, and this. Movie movie is not afraid of going down that 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 deep dark hole and i don't really know how to explain what it is about characters like this that makes them so enjoyable to watch and so interesting to watch but 
It really just is. And it, that's something that's going to run through, I think, most, if not all of my puzzle pieces. Uh, definitely, I was thinking of It's Always Sunny when I, uh, you know, watched the movie and started thinking about this. And so that's why when I saw your letterbox. But um, yeah, a lot of the characters in these movies are going to be either pieces of shit or just down and dirty in some way. Yeah, looking out for themselves, for sure. Isn't it crazy that yes. Always Sunny has been on for like 18 years or something? It's incredible. I was watching the first episode or the yeah the first Danny DeVito episode and my wife mm. was kind of half watching and she was like isn't he really really old and I was like not not in this though I think this was like 10 years ago and I looked it was like 16 years ago and I was insane. like oh my god show's been on forever I've, I've, and it's still good it's still it's so good. good it's crazy I haven't gotten to watch this new season yet the uh, I know it's like two episodes in but um uh, last season was fantastic and yeah I I just can't wait until I get through the holidays and then I'm, I'm going in I can't wait yeah. uh but I'll go to my first piece here I, I've seen a lot of comparisons to uncut gems um, but I'm going to go with a different Safdie Brothers movie. I'm going to go with Good Time, uh, mm, sticking mm -hmm. in the A24 yeah. family here. Uh, there's, of course, a lot of Safdie energy in general in this, but when you get to Robert Pattinson's character, Connie, uh, just acting on his just base primal needs and zero care about anyone or anything around him except for what he needs to get from point A to point B to complete whatever objective he has set for himself. And I do not care about anybody else. That That's part of what makes that movie so um, gripping. And I feel like that's exactly what's captured here uh, with, with this character that Simon Rex is playing, Mikey Saber. And he is just, he, he's come back to his hometown to kind of try to get his life back together after something has happened in his world of the world of porno. And uh, now he's kind of starting over and it doesn't really matter what the people around him needs. It matters what he needs to make that happen. And that's really the only thing. It's just a complete one track mind. And yeah, the, the Connie character, the Robert Pattinson character in good time, I've always felt is just such an amazing version of that. Just so incredibly watchable. And so I think that they kind of go together really well. I love that movie. I love that pick. You could kind of call red rocket, like red state safety brothers, kind of it's, it's kind of sure. like safety brothers for the forgotten class or whatever, which is really something that's flowing through the entirety of this movie and kind of something that, Sean Baker has been exploring with all of his films, certainly in the Florida project. Sure. Um, so I love that comparison. I love the Safdie brothers and that kind of still yeah. line with it's always sunny. The Safdies make movies about kind of despicable, uh, distasteful characters for sure. So that's a very, very apt comparison. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It just keeps going down that hole and that, uh, we'll probably stay down there for a lot of it, but <laughs> what do you have for your next piece? How about some films that have some more likable characters, although certainly some, um, a few, like I said, distasteful elements to them or, or kind of uh, conniving characters. But these two kind of go hand in hand for me again. I'm going Boogie Nights and Magic Mike as sort of the, sure. um, the, the beginning of the adult film industry, the adult entertainment industry in mainstream Hollywood filmmaking. Not that this is an entirely mainstream film, mm -hmm. for sure. This is not going to be a sensation like Boogie Nights. It's not going to get a sequel like Magic Mike, or apparently we're getting a third one now coming out, so get excited for, for that. I love and a reality movie, show. So I'm, I'm super pumped for that. But um, yeah. Boogie Nights, I feel like, you know, you could, you could make a smutty movie about the porn industry, right? I mean, but Boogie Nights was not Wild Things. It was not trying to titillate. In fact, I would say the large portion of that film is not very sexy at all and this film in the same way kind of strips away the facade of glamour behind the adult industry uh and and kind of shows it for what it is where it chews people up and spits them out and i would say it also compares that to hollywood where they're kind of trying to say that it actually kind of does the exact same thing so it's not that different uh right. and then magic mike certainly a more upbeat movie although boogie nights is like the most upbeat movie ever until about halfway through or two thirds through. Right, sure. uh, but, but magic Mike is all energy. Um, and that was a movie that got real, real mainstream play. Like people were going out on girls nights or whatever to go see magic Mike. Um, yeah. And for a film with that kind of content to be that successful, I think kind of gave the runway for something like this to get funded. And again, not, this is not nearly as expensive. 
as those other two movies, but just kind of any studio's ability to be like, you know, these movies have made money before, and it's impossible to not be influenced by those movies because they're two of the most successful movies that have covered uh, this kind of content, this industry. So I think yeah. you, you got to throw those in there. Yeah, and I think both movies uh, kind of show you, even in like these these dark kind of seedy worlds, just how far char- uh, charisma will get you. And mm-hmm. uh, the, these people, even, even though they're, you know, they're not good by any means, but people will follow them and go along with their schemes and like get into whatever it is that they're getting themselves into just to be around these people because they're just, just such big stars. And, and so uh, they kind of like suck people into their orbit. But it's kind of like in, in those films, in the Hollywood films, these guys are having genuine success, but in Red Rocket, Mikey Saber is like, oh, this guy used to live in Hollywood and used to be a mildly successful porn star. He's basically the biggest celebrity in town. Right. Again, it's just kind of making it this really scaled back, like um, middle of nowhere kind of, for lack of a better word, redneck version of of that story. Um, And that's really compelling. Yeah, absolutely. You know, speaking to that point, uh, for my next piece here, I am going to go. Uh, with the Beach Bum, starring Matthew McConaughey. Oh yes, fun, fun, fun movie. Uh, but I, you know, a movie where this guy who he's kind of this burnout poet who's just kind of just living his life and just doing everything at his own pace without a care in the world. But everyone who kind of gets sucked into his charismatic orbit just bad things <laughs> happen to everybody else. He doesn't care. He just keeps on living and just keeps on having the party. Um, it's a goofy, fun movie, very, uh, I think, misunderstood movie in a lot of ways. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think that these two characters definitely have that effect on the people around them within their world. Of course, the big difference is there's, from what I remember, there's like not the slightest bit of malice in Moondog, right? But um, whereas Mikey is, you know, just a piece of shit and does kind of mean ill will towards people in his yeah 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 well the whole point of the beach bum right is that moondog's lack of any sort of care for i mean he he cares about these people around him but he has no degree of judgment or any desire to have any sense of judgment and that results in ultimately the tragedy that occurs at the end of that movie whereas in this movie it's just like all right you're finally gonna get some comeuppance for just the shitty behavior that you show at every (laughs) single turn in this movie um so but yeah definitely harmony corinne totally crossed my mind as i was kind of going through what i think some of the films that influenced this movie were you know i think about the beach bum and um spring breakers kind of kind of came to mind for me too although that movie is so hyper stylized whereas sean baker really likes to be kind of stripped down and sure um, sure uh, very different stylistically than harmony corinne but they're exploring again kind of that forgotten class um, yeah trying to figure out kind of the corners of the world that people don't normally show in movies you know it's all about new york and la and yeah yeah these places where people have have lived and grown up and seen all the art um be made before them but sean baker's trying to explore different areas of the world but uh harmony corinne is kind of doing a lot of the same thing so yeah and they both tend to use a lot of like non-actors or at least first time actors yeah Um, yeah yeah i I feel like almost everybody in this movie in uh, red rocket is either a first time or just not even really an actor to begin with but Mm -hmm. uh a lot of great performances though aside from simon rex i mean Susanna's son is fantastic and i think she was just nominated for uh uh, independent spirit award if i'm not mistaken oh really that's cool yeah, yeah. she's she's great and she was the first time was was she was yeah first yeah. performance wow very yeah. impressive she's really good this movie totally does not work if she does not give the kind of performance that she gives so absolutely she, you need some sort of empathetic core <laughs> in the middle of the story <laughs> given the given the mikey saber character so uh, definitely oh yeah a great absolutely. Performance out of her. so what do you got next all right my next one this is kind of a cheat because I was doing a little research beforehand and I saw an interview where they asked him very directly, what movies were you thinking about when you made this movie? Nice. And he said, I was thinking about my favorite Steven Spielberg movie. And I was like, oh, what is it going to be? I, 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 don't, I don't see many Jaws comparisons here. Okay. Uh, sure. Close Encounters, yeah. not really seeing that. Uh, Sugarland Express. I was like, that's your favorite Steven Spielberg movie? Holy cow. Okay. Um, and the main thing that he took from that film 
and this is my favorite uh, thing in that film. I don't love Sugar Land Express or anything, but certainly the cinematography is a, is a very important part of that film, kind of shooting the Houston landscapes in that movie inspired the way that he shot this film. And you can really see that when you go back and watch Sugar Land Express, the way it, it, it sort of romanticizes the environment of that film, which is exploring kind of a similar type of people that Red Rocket is exploring, but it also is not afraid to show you how broken uh, these areas are and the plight of these people. It really engages with those ideas. So um, again, kind of a cheat. The other thing that he said he was influenced by was like Italian exploitation movies. I have almost zero experience with any of that, so I can't speak to it. But anybody that does have experience with that kind of stuff, maybe you can figure that out, uh, connect that puzzle piece that I'm just not familiar enough to speak to. But Sugarland Express, one that he explicitly called out um, specifically for the cinematography. So that's that's my third puzzle piece. Great, great. Well, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad when my guests uh, look up those interviews because I usually just, you know, go off the top. But uh, hey. <laughs> Sugarland Express, one of the only Spielberg movies I actually haven't seen. So maybe I'm going to have to uh, seek that out sometime soon. Yeah, maybe this will be the the thing that gets you there. You got to be, uh, a, I I am a director completist, so mm-hmm. certainly something that. Although I still have a couple Spielbergs I haven't seen, but any excuse I have to go and finish a director's filmography, I I take advantage of. So go check that one out. It's it's interesting. It's very much an early film. Like it's like a, mm-hmm. it's not his first film, but it's one of his first films, and you can feel that in the movie. You see kind of his signatures, but in their very, um kind of fresh state he's not fully developed as a filmmaker yet but it's it's an interesting movie i I recommend checking it out right on well i will go to my uh next piece i i haven't seen this one in a while so i'm debating just how apt of a comparison it would be but i was thinking of vincent gallo's 1998 uh filmmaking debut buffalo 66 Mm. um where he plays kind of a piece of shit who gets out of prison and basically kidnaps a girl and tells her she has to pretend to be his wife uh, while he goes and visits his parents. And basically just the the tone of just being an absolute pitch dark comedy uh, about a pretty irredeemable person. And that seems to be something that I think Sean Baker is absolutely trying to like get into that frame of mind here. Of course... From my recollection of Buffalo 66, we do get a little bit more of the Vincent Gallo character's backstory and, you know, kind of learn where some of his dysfunction comes from. Whereas uh, here with Mikey, he really is just painted as a straight up piece of shit without any much reason for it. It's just his own, you know, desires. But, um, you know, still we are dealing with those kinds of characters. And uh, Vincent Gallo is an interesting performer. At least he was at that point. Hasn't done anything recently, but back then. A movie I have not seen, so I cannot really speak to its uh, puzzle pieciness as far as this is concerned. But is it one I should check out? Is it good? I think so. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, Of his work, I'd say it's the best thing. So I'll have to check it out. Awesome. Well, what do you got for your next piece? All right. This one, I'm not sure about this one. This one kind of just came to me in a flash as I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, maybe this works. I don't know. And it again... Mm-hmm partly boils down to kind of this idea of the forgotten class. I keep saying that over and over again, Um, but also kind of a a washed up former Uh, Mm semi-celeb. And I love this movie. This is my favorite film from director Darren Aronofsky. And that is The Wrestler. Um, Okay. Where you, he, 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 in that film, he's kind of, historically been a piece of shit but he's trying yeah. to redeem himself whereas sure mikey saber is just like i'm gonna make I'm, I'm doubling down on being just the worst human being in the world i actually saw somebody uh on twitter say like why wasn't red rocket called the worst person in the world because there's that other movie uh sure. that came out this year yeah. called the worst person in the world <laughs> yeah. and they were like they really they really got that title wrong i can't believe they they stole that from red rocket but yeah uh the wrestler is about, of course, you know, Mickey Rourke plays a wrestler, the titular wrestler, who had, he was never like a superstar. He was never Hulk Hogan or anything like that, but he clearly had had mainstream wrestling success. And you're introduced in this film to him doing 
you know, one step above like backyard wrestling where he's cutting yeah. his forehead with barbed wire and getting just beaten. That's the whole thing about this new wrestling federation or whatever that he's in is just you're watching people just beat the crap out of each other. There's no real yeah. athletic display to it. It's just pure uh, carnage. Yeah. And this is all he knows. He has really no other options in the same way that in Red Rocket, you see Mikey Saber early on in the film where they're like, you haven't had a job in like 12 years. What do you think you're going to do here? He's like, well, I actually used to be in the, in the film industry. If you'd like mm. to see some of my work, he literally shows it to them on his cell phone. And it's like, <laughs> wow, you're, uh, you're uh, not only a, a bad person, but an absolute moron. Mm -hmm. um, and in The Wrestler, Randy the Ram, uh, he's trying to make amends for himself. And he's trying to actually sincerely appeal to a woman played by Marissa Tomei in the film. Um, and he's, he's trying to become a, a real honest person. You know, he's trying to appeal to his estranged daughter. And like I said, Marissa Tomei, who uh, has, she plays a, a stripper who has never really given into his affections for her. And, you know, that's the whole thing in the film. Uh, famously, Marissa Tomei found, um, Mickey Rourke so unappealing that they had to have a, a double for their kissing scene because she could only kiss him for like two seconds at a time. I forgot um, about that. Yeah, so, yeah. so maybe Mickey Rourke is the real life Mikey Saber. Mm. Um, but in the film, he's trying to play someone a, a lot more empathetic uh, than that. So that, that sprang to mind immediately. I thought some of the imagery felt similar to me. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the wrestler, I'm not sure how apt exactly that is, but it, it stuck out in my mind for some reason. No, I like it. It's a, it's an interesting piece, and I I think also although we don't exactly know like the uh, the level of raunchiness or style or whatever of the porn that Mikey Saber is a part of, you kind of get the feeling it's probably about as trashy as they come. And so I mean that kind of plays with the whole backyard wrestling of of yeah, the wrestling yeah. world, you know. So uh yeah, I, I think there's various levels that that could probably work, right? Yeah, there. I imagine when you're when you're tr just clinging on to any sort of porn fame, they're like, all right, what are you willing to do? Because that's the only yeah. way you're going to survive here. And he's like, Ugh, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> oh, man. All right, I'll go to another piece here. Uh, so, you know, this actually kind of goes along with that a little bit. And I would say uh, Mikey Saber's a piece of shit, but um, he's not a Nazi. Uh, but I thought of American History X and Edward mm. Norton. Uh you know, Edward Norton's character is trying to do better uh, with his life, but, you know, he still is a neo-Nazi and, you know, Pretty there's really no, yeah, there's no way to redeem a character like that, but he's trying, you know, and uh, so there really does, you know, come the question of whether or not this person can even be redeemed and whether or not there's any little bit of you that can root for this character whatsoever and uh edward norton is so damn charismatic there's that word again but uh that it kind of almost makes you want things to work out for this guy even though he's a freaking nazi um it's a little different here of course you know this person is uh mikey saber is a, a piece of trash but at the same time you know, until the events of the movie hasn't exactly done anything to hurt other people. Uh, by the end of the movie, he actually kind of has, even though it's uh, by accident. But uh, it's still his own doing. And so by the end of the movie, no, you, you really can't root for him in any way, shape, or form. Mm -hmm. But by the at the beginning of the movie, though, you kind of could want him to turn things around and maybe turn a corner and be better. And so I wonder the push-pull of that with a character like Mikey Saber versus a character like Edward Norton's character in American History X. Well, the similarities are definitely there in that they're entirely irredeemable, but also incredibly compelling in very, very different yeah. ways. I mean, Edward Norton is just this ball of bubbling intensity. You feel yeah. like he's about to explode at any moment. Whereas Simon Rex, how do you describe his performance in this movie? I don't, it, it's a weird one because I'm still not yeah. convinced he's a particularly good actor, even though I think his performance in this movie is, is quite good. He's doing something very specific that he's being asked to do in this film. And I think he's really good at it. Um, but it's, it's a hard 
performance to kind of pin down. Um, yeah. Even I think he's good. You think he's good? I think he's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I The closest thing that I would compare it to, and I don't know if, like, if this is a, a proper description, but would be like a bad dog. And you know what I mean? <laughs> Where it's like, they're just a pain in the ass. And like, I love dogs, by the way. But like, uh, you know, a dog that just is constantly getting in trouble and pissing on things and tearing things up that it shouldn't be tearing up. And like, it, it's so just, it's still a dog and you still love it. You know what I mean? But so it's you just were, not were good. Were you always on his side? Like in the end, were you, when, when all that stuff happens, are you like, oh man. I'm, I'm like, yeah. God damn it, Mikey. Like, why, why do you have to be such a fuck up? You know, like, why I want to like way? you. Why? Yeah. Why, why are you on the rug? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's where I was. Yeah, it's it's so weird because, I mean, I, we'll get to kind of the the most controversial element of this movie with my next pick, but that is the point where you really start questioning. Like, I I don't think I can get on board with this guy whatsoever. But then, sure. when you see him just trying to hustle his way to just a a livable wage, just any way to stay alive, have any money, maybe make his own rent. I want that for him in this movie. And it's weird. It doesn't make any sense. He's a terrible, yeah. terrible person. But it's almost like so many other people treat him so terribly that it, the, the seesaw of rooting for him or not rooting for him kind of ends up balancing out where you're like, you're horrible, but I don't want your life to be this bad. Yeah. Maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah. a little better than this. I don't know. But maybe just. Uh, yeah, he's great. He's in my like top five performances of the year, probably. He's so good. Yeah. And I. Yeah. I doubt we will ever see another great simon rex performance but i'm glad hard, yeah hard to imagine yeah. yeah well uh let, let's go to that next piece what do you got for that next one my next piece speaks to the most controversial element of this film as well as the most controversial element of uh the movie that you were talking about earlier licorice pizza and that film is lolita mm -hmm. the very 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 controversial book and i'm gonna speak specifically to the stanley kubrick film um, that is all about a, an older man trying to groom and seduce a, a young girl, certainly much yeah. younger than the girl in Red Rocket, uh, who is 17, apparently in the film says she's weeks away from turning 18, but it never doesn't feel incredibly, incredibly icky. Right. Uh, and yeah, just very, very, very gross. Um, it feels the entire time. He's, he's exploiting her in many ways, lying to her at every turn. Um, and Lolita is a movie that I think speaks to the audience in the sense of like, look, everybody watching this movie, you guys are perverts too, all right? Like, <laughs> right, right. Like, I, 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 you, I know what you're thinking when you watch this movie. Um, and it's a wild choice. And... I haven't seen that movie in a while. I don't know if it mm. holds up whatsoever. Um, God forbid that movie came out today. The internet, I think, would spontaneously combust. <laughs> we just have to like delete our accounts immediately. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. There's think, no way yeah, to... I, I think yeah. Twitter would just cease to exist. It would be yeah. like, all right, this actually wasn't worth it. That they, we made a huge mistake. Um, but Lolita has to be uh, brought up when you talk about any influence of a film about an older man uh, attempting to seduce a considerably younger woman, a woman that he knows deep down he probably shouldn't be trying to seduce, but um, uh, does for some uh, reason. So I, I want to pose a question really quick. I don't want to go too far down a tangent sure. here uh, or, or a particular rabbit hole here, but do you think Mikey knows that he shouldn't be seducing her? Do you, do you think well, that that registers yeah. at all? I think his brain has morphed to the point where he doesn't even consider right or wrong really anymore. Right. He's, and he's, of course that doesn't make it any more right. Right. But I mean, right. I don't think that he just has the facility to even understand that that's a thing to consider. He's an, he's an animal who is like all of his instincts now are just to do whatever he finds most pleasurable uh, in the immediate term. And sure. so he's like, I find this, young woman attractive and I am going to try to hook up with her because that mm. is what I want. And that's all that matters to Mikey Saber. Um, yeah. And you see that in the way that he treats basically every person. And it's all about these short term bursts of, of pleasure or enjoyment 
or fun or what have you. And yeah, I think he's he's a broken person. He's, he's exactly he's <laughs> his brain has been broken in half, and he's not redeemable anymore from a moral perspective, an ethical perspective, or just a personality perspective. He's just done. He's cooked. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I got one last piece here, and it's kind of just a small one. I probably shouldn't have gone out on it, but um, <laughs> uh, I thought a little bit, and this is like totally the opposite end of the spectrum from some of these other movies that we've been talking about, but I thought a little bit of Greg Kinnear's character in Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, um, okay. I can see that. <laughs> I, uh, I just thought of this guy who who just... The way he just rapid fire is spitting out all these little self-helpisms and things like that and just thinks he has things so figured out and just he just so knows he's on the right path, even though there's you just know watching him, there's absolutely no way. This guy's a total mess and he does not know what he's talking about. And uh, I, I've always found that to be one of the most amusing parts of Little Miss Sunshine is Greg Kinnear's character. I think that he's kind of uh, um, undervalued for that kind of a character, at least. But um, yeah, I, I think Mikey Saber... Just the moments of him just spitting out what he's going to do and how he's going to turn it all around and how everything's going to work out in his favor. And you just know, no, that's not going to work out that way. Uh, is so yeah. is so funny and reminded me a lot of, of just how lost Greg Kinnear's character is. Yeah, I, uh, I love that performance. One of my favorite Kinnear performances and that, that totally tracks. Uh, and I think those movies do have a lot in common that... Movie mm-hmm. is definitely going for more of a, an uplifting, although it certainly has dark points uh, throughout the entirety of that film. But I think in general, it's trying to be a little more uplifting and um, just positive in general. Whereas this movie, again, is just indulging, leaning into the worst corners of humanity. But I, I think that's a great puzzle piece. Awesome. Well, do you have any more pieces? I have one more and then just one that I want to mention and not speak any more about. But I'll start okay. with the one that I actually uh, want to talk about. And this is another bit of a cheat because I just saw this list um, when, I, when I Googled kind of influences of uh, Red Rocket or whatever. I came across this list that Sean Baker did a while ago, um, several years ago, about his five favorite movies. And okay. one of the films that he listed is an incredibly underrated comedy and a film that... Um, really clearly had an influence on Red Rocket, and that is Robert Zemeckis' Used Cars, which okay. is a movie I love. It's so good. And it, like Red Rocket, relies on a charismatic lead who you can believe people would want to follow despite their horrible, horrible behavior. And in Used Cars, the Simon Rex surrogate is played by Kurt Russell who's obviously just one of the most charismatic humans who has ever lived. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and he plays just a, just a piece of shit. He's so awful. <laughs> and his character, he's a used car salesman, and Zemeckis leans into kind of the trope about, oh, they're, they're all cheaters and crooks and liars. And Kurt Russell's entire goal in life is to become a politician so that he can steal, like he can be uh, bribed. That's all he wants. He's like, it's a really easy job. You can keep it forever and people will just bribe you to get benefits or whatever. And that's his whole character. And yet the entire time he works at this kind of, there's a dealership across the street that is like the, the big wig, nice dealership. And, and there's always this underdog thing where you're like, I want Kurt Russell to defeat the rich yeah, car dealership yeah. across the street. Um, and I don't, root for Mikey Saber as much as that, but I can definitely see Sean Baker being like, yeah, this is my, this is my Kurt Russell. Um, right. Right. And yeah. I, I think obviously the, it's interesting because the, the movie itself you have to think is kind of a commentary on Simon Rex where as a viewer, if you have any relationship with Simon Rex, you're kind of like, Oh man, I I would love for Simon Rex to be really good in this movie. That would be that would be right, really right. cool. Uh and I think that plays into any degree of rah rah, let's go Mikey Saber that there might be in this movie, which there is at times. It's crazy, it's ridiculous. Uh, but sometimes you do root for him uh in the same way that you root for Kurt Russell in used cars. So if you, have you seen used cars? 
I have not. I, it is I, one of the great so underrated comedies of the 80s. It is so good. I love that movie. Yeah, that's going on my watch list immediately. That sounds really great. And uh, I mean, who doesn't love Kurt Russell? That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's it's so good. One of the it was like one of his first post Disney because he was like a Disney kid. It was one of his first mm-hmm. post Disney movies. I'm pretty sure it predated uh, the thing. Uh, so okay. it was kind of his first foray into adult film, although not that. Oh kind yeah, nineteen not the Mikey Saber kind of adult film, but sure, yeah, movies yeah. for grownups. <laughs> so you have one other thing you wanted to mention right quick right yeah the 2016 united states presidential election and that's all <laughs> i will say and that's yeah. that sure yeah i think there's been a lot of uh without going down that rabbit hole there's been a lot of articles that mention that and i think that's a fair comparison to make and i think it is running through the background of the film a little bit but uh yeah it's there for sure it is definitely there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's close this thing up to do the finished puzzle. We talked about It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Seinfeld, Good Time, Boogie Nights, Magic Mike, The Beach Bum, Sugarland Express, Buffalo 66, The Wrestler, American History X, Lolita, Little Miss Sunshine, and Used Cars. Uh, a lot of pieces of shit, a lot of terrible people. Yeah, of, yeah. Uh, it's a good list, yeah. though, man. You could, have, yeah. you could have a fun week watching all of those. That's a good one. Absolutely. My kind of movies here, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I I really like this movie a lot. Uh, Jay, do you have any other like closing thoughts on it? Anything we didn't quite get to? You know, I, I, I don't know specifically. I mean, I will say I really enjoyed the movie. Again, not one I was super pumped about seeing, but it's... I mean, from the first frame of this movie, the first needle drop that they have, it's like, oh, this is a different energy uh, than Mm -hmm. kind of what I'm used to with Sean Baker. Although uh, the Florida Project does have some poppier elements to it. But this is this is, again, whereas in the Florida Project, you're you're like, man, I wish their lives weren't this terrible. Right, In Red Rocket, you're kind of just like these people deserve to have just the worst lives ever. And. I, I kind of like that meaner sensibility for Sean mm-hmm. Baker. I think clearly whatever has happened between the, the several things that have happened between the Florida Project and Red Rocket have made him kind of rethink the, the people that he talks about in his films in some ways. Um, and I think when he's leaning into just when he's going dumpster diving, I like, right. I like that more from him. So yeah. uh, I highly recommend the movie. Simon Rex is great. Um, it's it's a lot of fun, and it'll make you cringe sometimes. It'll make you laugh, and occasionally, you know, it'll it'll make you think and it'll make you feel. So uh, that's yeah. what more can you ask uh, from a movie than that? I 100% agree with all that. Uh, I think that does it for this one. Jay, is there another movie you watched recently you'd like to uh, recommend to our listeners? Yeah, well, I'm actually recording another podcast tonight about a, a great film. Um, we're doing a, a Pedro Almodovar movie series on my podcast, and I just watched his film, Talk to Her, which I would say is not one of his most famous films, but um, definitely one of the more, it's on like the upper half of most well-known. It actually won Best Foreign Film at the Oscars, sure. um, and it's really good. It's really, it's really, really dark, but also comedic, so if you like Red Rocket, if you like the tone of this movie, you, you'll probably like Talk to Her. Um, and it's about, uh, it's kind of like this, it's told mostly in like flashbacks and it's about uh, a nurse who is caring for a woman who's been in a coma for like four years or six years or whatever, uh, and has taken to like talking to her all the time and treating her basically like his girlfriend or her, his best friend. And then this other guy who's a reporter who has fallen in love with a bullfighter who now is in a coma at the same hospital and they kind of yeah. uh, form a bond, form a friendship. And then a lot of crazy stuff happens and it's occasionally really funny and also incredibly affecting and moving and your jaw will drop sometimes. And it's really, really good. Pedro Almodovar is like one of the best directors ever. So check it out. It's great. Great movie. Yeah, I saw it back when it first came out, but I uh, haven't seen it since then. I should revisit it one of these days. So uh, great recommendation there. Uh, but awesome. Jay, thank you so much for doing this. Why don't you tell people uh, about what you got going on in your podcast and everything? Sure. Yeah. So I'm over at the In Session Film podcast. We've got 
a couple shows over there. We got the main show where they cover, you know, they're talking about your Spider-Mans and, and your, your Matrixes. Sure. Uh, and then we have what we call Extra Film, which is my show, where we cover, uh, we'll do, we're, we do one film that is part of a director series that we are doing at the time, and then we'll also cover one kind of independent film. We've covered this year filmmakers like David Lynch, Sergio Leone. Um, we actually did the Wachowskis at the beginning of the year. Um, and now we're doing Pedro Almodovar. And then we'll cover the, the, a lot of the independent films that um, you see certainly popping up around this award season. Uh, and we have a lot of fun with it. Um, one of my favorite things to do. And I think we you know put together a product that people might enjoy listening to. So go check it out on uh, uh, In Session Film. Uh, you can find that on whatever podcatcher you use. And you can also go to InSessionFilm.com for written content and all the podcasts and all sorts of different stuff. And then if you want to follow me on Twitter, just uh, follow me at, at Mr. J. Ledbetter. So yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for doing the show again. And hopefully we can get you back before uh, two, three years, whatever it's been since the yeah, last Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'll tell you what I really enjoy doing every time I come on is just the research. I, I like yeah. digging into what the director is influenced by and, and the things that they like. Uh, I, I think that's really fun. So I've, I've enjoyed, I believe the only two times, right? I don't think I was on one before knives out just knives out in this one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But let's, I think so. Definitely get me on, uh, before three years later or whatever, however long it's been. Yeah. So let's, let's do this again a lot sooner. Yeah. Between now and knives out two, not between now and knives out three. How about that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> that lines up perfectly. My schedule Sounds is good. clear. I'm Josh Bell. And I'm Jason Harrison. We co-host a podcast called Awesome Movie Year. Each season, we take a look back at an awesome year for movies, which is every year. We deep dive into these specific years and we pick out why they were such great years for films. We go over the biggest hits, the biggest flops, the best picture, and some personal picks, some cult classics. Years we've covered in past seasons include 1994, 2003, 1977, and 1984, and we've got all of film history to look forward to. So check us out at awesomemovieyear.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, so I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Red Rocket. Thanks to Jay Ledbetter for joining me on that one. That was a lot of fun to talk about. And uh, I just played that ad for Awesome Movie Year, and I figured I'd just mention really quickly that Awesome Movie Year just finished up its season nine on the films of 1999 and are in the middle of three back-to-back bonus episodes. Uh, two of them are holiday episodes, and sandwiched in the middle is a special episode on The Matrix, which of course would have been in the 1999 season. Uh, but they just couldn't fit it, so now it's a bonus episode. So uh, two holiday episodes and The Matrix, and then they will launch season 10. So lots of great stuff over there on Awesome Movie Year. Check it out if you haven't. If you like what I do here on Piecing It Together, I am on Awesome Movie Year as well, uh, although it's mainly Josh Bell and Jason Harris, who you have heard here on Piecing It Together quite a bit over the years. Uh, but they are the main hosts, and I'm on mic as well, and I also produce and edit and all that kind of stuff. So uh, if you like what I do here, you'll probably like what we do over there. So check it out, Awesome Movie Year. And while you're at it, make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together wherever you listen to podcasts. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or Good Pods. And we really appreciate the five-star ratings. They really help make sure that the show gets seen and heard by all kinds of new people. And it seems like all kinds of new people keep hearing and seeing uh the podcast because we've been getting a lot of new listeners lately a lot of people have been reaching out to me about wanting to join me for future episodes and that is awesome so uh, i'm really excited that new people are finding the show and i uh, just wanted to say i appreciate it everybody who takes the time out to leave those ratings and reviews make sure you're subscribed follow us on social media at piecing pod share the show if you see my tweets and you want to share those that's awesome or just share it wherever it is that you share stuff and you can check out our facebook group popcorn and puzzle pieces where we continue the conversation about all the movies we talk about here on the show and of course there's that patreon produced by david rosen where as soon as i hit stop on this i'm about to upload our licorice pizza episode a week early so uh, you can check that out over there so let's close this thing out with a piece of music like i always do 
And I was trying to think of a good, uh, you know, rap or hip hop type track to kind of go along with that Mikey Saber energy. I was going to dig into my old comedy rap career, but I really don't want to do that because uh, it's just horrible and would make me look uh, as bad as Mikey. I, I don't want to do that to myself. <laughs> you people, uh, you people come to this show for a nice, uh, happy, good-natured show. You don't need to hear that stuff. So instead, I'm going to go with a uh, a real rapper that I produced named Skydro. I've played a couple of his tracks here on the show before. Uh, this is a dude here in Las Vegas who kind of mixed hip-hop with reggae, and I produced his entire album, Success Stories, which came out back in 2008. And this is a track from that album, Success Stories. It's called Into Girlfriends, and uh, I think Mikey Saber would like this track just as much as any of my horribly dirty comedy rap that I'm not going to play for you. So uh, this is Skydro. You can check out his album, Success Stories, wherever you listen to music. It's on Spotify and iTunes and all those places. Uh, And we'll be back with more Piecing It Together coming up real soon. Hey, hey, ladies, I'm into girlfriends, I'm into girlfriends, I'm into your friends, hey ladies, I'm into girlfriends, I'm into girlfriends, so let's be friends. Hey ladies, I'm into girlfriends, I'm into girlfriends, I'm into your friends, hey ladies, I'm into girlfriends, I'm into girlfriends, so let's be friends. Hey, now, I never said you were her had to touch, cause if I meant that, I would have said that much. But as such, you already taken. I need a man to come around and then you start faking, cause when I Start shaking, my pit bull awaken And it got me feeling like Kobe on the weekend Plus we bought three bags, plus you brought three friends And like you said, ain't no reason for you to start cheating And ladies, I'm into girlfriends I'm into girlfriends, I'm into your friends Hey ladies, I'm into girlfriends I'm into girlfriends, so let's be friends Hey ladies I'm into girlfriends, I'm into girlfriends, I'm into your friends, hey ladies I'm into girlfriends, I'm into girlfriends, so let's be friends Hey lady, can I hit you square? I'm able later on this blunt with shit I know you telling me, don't you dare, no I'm telling you don't be scared, hey girl. I gotta take stock. Let's make numbers exchange. You're gonna make stocks hit the roof and resurrect the world trade. In fact, your love is so good, you make tragedies fade. And my stimulus package getting me paid. Hey, ladies, I'm into girlfriends. I'm into girlfriends. I'm into your friends. Hey, ladies, I'm into girlfriends. I'm into girlfriends. So let's be friends. Hey, ladies, I'm into girlfriends. I'm into girlfriends. I'm into your friends. Hey, ladies, I'm into girlfriends. I'm into girlfriends. So let's be friends. Hey, ladies yeah hey ladies yeah hey ladies yeah i hope you're into girlfriends cuz i'm into girlfriends hey ladies I'm into girlfriends, I'm into girlfriends, I'm into your friends, hey ladies. I'm into girlfriends, I'm into girlfriends, so let's be friends. Hey ladies, I'm into girlfriends, I'm into girlfriends, I'm into your friends, hey ladies. I'm into girlfriends, I'm into girlfriends, so let's be friends. Hey ladies, I'm into girlfriends, I'm into girlfriends, I'm into your friends, hey ladies. I'm into girlfriends, I'm into girlfriends, so let's be friends. Hey ladies, I'm into girlfriends. I'm into girlfriends, I'm into your friends, hey ladies I'm into girlfriends, I'm into girlfriends, so let's be friends An All Points West production, produced by David Rosen in Las Vegas